everyone, and welcome to another episode of Half Hour with Astra Theater Company. Y'all, I am here today with a very good friend. Um, she is one of the funniest people I've ever met and simultaneously has the audacity to be as talented as she is as well. It's crazy. Uh, you know her. You love her. It's Sean Ruffin, y'all. It me. <laughs> What's up, Sean? We were truly just talking for like 20 minutes before this, just crying, <laughs> laughing. I was like, we have got to get this started. I got, I got work to do. I know. I got reservations at 430. <laughs> Where? The uh, Westport Cafe and Bar, the French Bistro. What do you do there? I just did an event with uh, one of the uh, owners of the place, or mm -hmm. kitchen managers i don't know he's up there mm -hmm. and uh it's restaurant week so he invited me to come try out the restaurant and i've never been to that place i've Are never you been eat for free i'm gonna try my best too <laughs> <laughs> that's so fun very cool what was the what was the event for the kansas city free eye clinic they are doing a uh, virtual guess the great experience so they had me sit down and pretend that i knew anything about wine and him an actual wine expert he wouldn't call himself a sommelier but i would say that uh basically talk me through wines tell me this is what you did that the little commercial for yes uh, oh uh -huh. that's fun is can i view this or um is there somewhere that it's because i love wine you, well here's the thing you have to get tickets to the virtual show Mm. and to see my little segment we did we even played games it was really cool I still um yeah you got to get tickets and when I looked I don't think I would even purchase tickets. oh shit okay well I will also say uh this will come out in like you know seven to ten business years so um it's it's gonna be a while it'll, I mean yeah. uh, it'll probably be a few months so you know unfortunately I'll probably but no, if you hey if you can afford it please go get tickets Hell yeah. Make some money for it. Support our KC restaurants. Yeah. Um, Sean, what have you been up to? I always tell my friends N-A-D-T when they ask me that. And they're like, what's that? And I'm like, Not, Not a, a damn, damn thing. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get a shirt. <laughs> you should. With that on there, you know, copyright it. Um, no, I I've been doing little things here and there. Staying cooped up in the house for the most part, which I actually enjoy because mm. normally I'm running around doing 50 different things at once. Mm -hmm. um, so it's been good to sit down, reflect, take some time, think about things mm -hmm. <laughs> in life. And, you got any you new know. quarantine hobbies? You're a really TV? good cook. Have you been cooking? Oh, my. Yes, I like great cook. I just made the best shrimp and grits recipe that I could ever. Ooh. I now put that at the top of my list of good recipes that I can cook for people. It was real good. Um, but yeah, I, I find myself cooking um, more. Yeah. My boyfriend's here and he's doing the whole 30. So. Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> <laughs> You're a house divided. Who's going to try my food? <laughs> My um, my girlfriend once did the whole 30. I'm going to say this was like three years ago. Mm -hmm. I think she did it like in January as like a reset, like New Year yeah. sort of situation. And my ass was like, sure. You're like, I'll do it with you. And then she was like, we were like three days into it. And I was, you know, to me, like, I'm not a very picky eater. So I'm like, food is food, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then three days in, I realized that whole 30 also means no alcohol. And... <laughs> 
needless to say, that was a big deal breaker for me. Um, <laughs> How many days did you last? Like did two, you? I think. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, no, yeah, and I've seen you eat pad thai. <laughs> don't come for me about the pad thai. Oh, God, I miss Lulu's. I know, Lulu's so good. I've also started making that bowl homemade, too, on my own. What? You know, when I went to Lulu's, I would always get the surf and turf bowl. I make that on my own. Is it shrimp or uh, Shrimp, steak, avocado, rice. There's like a sriracha mayo sauce, Mm. cilantro, mm, It's kind of like poke, little poke. Yeah. I poke my fork up in there. It's real good. Mm -mm. (laughs) No, absolutely not. Um, I get it from you. I know you do, and that's why I can't stand it. Um, what, uh, so what were you up to before quarantine happened? Before Miss Rona decided before to sort of... quarantine. Yeah. I was actually preparing to move to New York. So around January, February, I was like, okay, I'm going to move to New York. I start, I racked up some dough, saved up. Uh, I was, uh, I had just started to dip my toes. Um, not really just started because I'd already done a few assistant directing gigs, but um, it was my first assistant directing job at the unicorn right before and then i got a call from the milwaukee rep and they wanted me to come to understudy oh cool in milwaukee. out of nowhere within like a week i had to pack up my things and go and that's what i did around february 25th went to milwaukee and the very last day and i mean i went and busted my ass i've never understudied for a main role mm-hmm and um it was it was a lot it was very demanding it's a musical it was called chasing them blues um met a a lot of great people through that theater it's a great theater company i like working there and the last day that they decided to shut everything down was the day that i had to go on (laughs) so i closed the show (laughs) you got to go on and i got to go on so that check was nice but That's fantastic. What were you terrified, prepared? Oh my gosh, yes, I was shaking like crazy. Oh. It was a lot. I, I was supposed to learn how to tap. I had to learn over like 20 songs. It was mainly a musical. There wasn't that much dialogue. And yeah. um there was only one, two, three, four, five cat five cast members. So the only five actors in the show. And um so yeah, it was a little demanding. But it was a good challenge that I was so excited for because it's my first time. And then through that role, they were doing that show in Kentucky, I want to say. So um, there was a theater that reached out to me knowing that I was doing it in Milwaukee, asking me to submit to also do the show in Kentucky, the same show. So, um, yeah, I don't know where I would have been had I not closed that show. Wow. I mean, that's a really... I mean, cool thing that you got mm-hmm. to, you know, experience that and go mm-hmm. on, like, and like sort of reap yeah. the fruits of your labors. Like, I, yeah. I, that's not easy, but at the it was same a lot time. Of I, I never did a show out of town. Oh. That was my first one, too. Mm. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, it's also, saying, it's also really, like, nice to be wanted like that and to sort of be sought after, like, like, that is Me? cool. That is really <laughs> fucking cool. And, you know, for it to happen like a little domino effect. And the funny thing is, is that that theater in Milwaukee, I had auditioned for that theater a year ago. Mm. And I had heard nothing 
about if I got in the job. They just called me after a year and said, we want you to come here. We'll fly you here. We'll house you to come understudy. Wow. So, so you must have been in their file somewhere, which is also a good feeling to have and to yeah. remember. Because sometimes yeah. you do like, I feel like the worst part about auditioning as an actor is the limbo afterwards. Because mm -hmm. I just wish people would like let you off the hook one way or another and just be like, right. look, we've decided you're not <laughs> it, you know? Yeah. But yeah. it's, it's cool that they like really did like suck you away for, you know, something yeah. else like that. It's a good I'm, theater. Yeah. I like it. Work at the Milwaukee Rap if you get a chance. Audition for them. They take yes. care of you. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so what has, what has quarantine sort of looked like for you? After you were done and you closed that show, what happened? Yeah, I, I uh, my boyfriend lived in Chicago at the time. And so it was only an hour and a half away from Milwaukee or an hour. I can't remember. It wasn't that far. Mm -hmm. But after quarantine, I just being clueless of what to do next because I had prepared to move to New York after finishing that contract. Um, knowing that I wasn't going to move to New York, not really having a place to stay back here in Kansas City. So I just went and stayed with him for a couple of months in Chicago. And then I was like, OK, let me get my ish together. Came back to Kansas City around June, got an apartment, used that money to just stay put since we were still in the middle of the pandemic. I was mm -hmm. like, all right, I'll just settle here. I can find some gigs and some jobs. You know, I could work here a few. Um, <clears throat> there were still weddings, kind of some events because, you know, singing in a band. So it's like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. I came back here. And then I've just been all over the place. So saving money, I, I've traveled a lot. <laughs> yeah. Did a lot of traveling. Um, a lot of purchasing, a lot of unnecessary things. <laughs> it's called um, coping, you know? <laughs> yes, coping. I mean, there was a moment there I was just like, I don't want to do anything creative. There were a good, like, three oh, months. Hell yeah. I feel like I go in and out of those waves right now. Yeah. I'm just like, sometimes it honestly feels like a little um, selfish because I'm like, the world is burning. And yeah. <laughs> like, what does... Yeah, sometimes it can be yeah. a little tough to like be motivated to. Yeah. And look, I am an avid no-sayer. I'm like, I say no to a lot of things. I don't mm -hmm. care. If I really don't want to do it, I will not do it. I will say no. Have you always been like that? Absolutely. Really? I tell people that all the time. I'm like, you do not have to say yes to every gig. But yeah. you're also talking to somebody who likes to keep busy in other ways. Right. I like to work and, and keep busy in other ways. And theater isn't just my main source of income or my main interest so yeah you know it is my main career i get that but i, I try to stay busy in other ways child care band singing little gigs here and there just mm -hmm. other you know other things what has the gig life sort of looked like during the pandemic have you been able to do anything like outside or you know yeah 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 i i've with my band, we've been able to do, we did an outside gig at Power in Power and Light last summer. Um, we did a few weddings and then there was the, the last wedding we did in a small town in Kansas, I can't remember. I felt a little too uncomfortable because it's just really hard. As much as you can in social distance, it's just, it's just hard. I was like, this isn't worth it. I, I would rather feel better about doing what I love when I'm comfortable in this environment again. Mm. So that was kind of the last wedding gig I did was right before the fall hit and um but and so and some virtual gigs i've done some virtual events um a lot of stuff from home 
I found myself making music videos, which is something I used to do years ago. Mm-hmm. And because um, I lived in Mexico for a little bit, and our, me and a friend, we 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 loved <laughs> going around the city, being stupid, yeah. and making a video out of it. So I kind of brought that back during the quarantine. So I'm making my videos. Well, now you have like the time to, you know, right. think about it or like, you know, be bored enough to be like, oh, like I enjoyed this. I want to like, you know, do it for a few days. Yeah. You know? And I brought, I brought some equipment that could help me, you know. What'd you buy? A ring light, but mine is very dramatic because every time somebody pulls out a ring light, it's like medium. So I'm like, oh, that's cute. And then you come over and you see my like, oh, I'm blinding. Like, why the hell did I get this that big? I didn't need it. It didn't need to be that big. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a full spotlight. It's really big. It's really bright. But I mean, it's good because I, I can do more with it. I can light a bigger room, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've been doing, you know, I was auditioning for a little bit. And then, you know, those gigs didn't really work out. And after not wanting to do anything for a long time, I found myself at the end of last year. Okay, now I'm bored. I'm ready to do things. Mm, <laughs> so yeah. I started saying yes to more things. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I, back. As, I feel like hopefully we also got things like a little, we also figured out how to make things safer, like, mm-hmm. you know, really quickly. So hopefully that like, yeah, was part of your, you know, consideration to start. Oh, yeah. Accepting absolutely. gigs to be like, okay, we've kind of figured this out a little bit. I feel a little mm-hmm. more. Oh, I still said no to a few gigs that I was just like, no, I don't want to do that because I don't know what that is, what you're doing. You haven't adjusted correctly, but I will. But yeah, most of the gigs that I've said yes to were from either the comfort of my own home or in a safe social distance environment. Yeah. Do you feel like there are people in your band or that, you know, like other artists who have to sort of choose between or like maybe accept a gig because they need the cash but it's not like the safest um conditions have you encountered that at all um oh i mean i I did that i mean some some of the gigs even during the summer when i was doing band gigs that's why i went and did that wedding i was just like i'm doing this because i need the money Hmm. but i probably shouldn't so I'm gonna have to figure it out. Right. Uh, I, I know a few artists that ended up going back to bartending or, you know, going back to finding an odd job here and there because they need the money, but they can't really find any work. They can't really work. And, and sometimes they have family members that, you know, have health conditions and they just can't take that risk. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a really tricky thing to navigate, but I hope hopefully we're on the tail end of this and we can all I know. get vaccinated and one day do a show again. Yeah. yeah. I know. Do a show. That'd be I great. I know. Um, it'll be so weird. I, I, I did do one one gig where I had to go in and it was theater. It was for Starlight and it was mm-hmm. the most awkward rehearsal room I have been in because of everything that happened in the past year. It was in October. And everybody was required to wear a mask and stay far from everyone. And um, we went over music. You know, you keep your mask on the entire time. You don't touch anybody, you know. Went over music. Then I just remember we had a 10-minute break. And then the entire rehearsal room was quiet. Everyone's sitting in a corner on their phones. I was like, this is what the pandemic has done to us. We don't even know how to just Mm. even talk across the room. Yeah. So that'll be a weird adjustment getting back into 
weird but so welcome like i've talked with some people um on who have been on who are like i'm so excited for that moment of like you know our 10 minute break to just like be stupid and like scream yeah oh man it's gonna be so overwhelming we're not gonna know what we're not going to know what to do with ourselves i know it's so true (laughs) um yeah john are you from kansas city Mm -hmm. born and raised born and raised okay when did you start um performing or you know finding music or theater um you know a lot of things I did as a kid were very indicative to what I do now. And um, SAT word. <laughs> and, uh, and so it, it's funny because once I, I declared theater as a major and I started, everybody knows that I started performing. I had people from my youth, some people I went to middle school with, or, you know, my family members are like, we knew you were going to do this since you were a kid. I'm like, what? I thought I was just being stupid. Why didn't but, you tell me? <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> oh God, hold on, sorry, somebody called me. Um, but yeah, I started getting into it as a, as a kid. My mom used to introduce me to all of the classic, Funny Girl was my go-to. My family knew when you play that, clear the couch so I could stand on it and sing The Greatest oh. Star. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I was Fanny Bryce herself. Um, I would kill to see you in that role. That would be great, but unfortunately I'm not Jewish or Wait, but <laughs> I don't know the show very well, I must say. So are those two oh, things necessary for the character? She's a real, she's a real person. So she's not um, a fake character. Fanny Bryce is an actual comedian from like the 1920s. She's very talented, uh-huh. uh, very funny. There are some, I like watching old clips. She used to be a, uh, she had a, this character she's play on the radio show back in the day, Snooky, and it's really funny. So you get time to go listen to that. That's great. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but my uncle also was in theater, so I was exposed to theater as a kid. I didn't connect it to what I would want to do, but right. um, was he doing he like was, community stuff, professional stuff? No, he was the uh, theater chair at Missouri at Mizzou oh, for cool. like thirty years. He was yeah. theater chairperson and uh, director, uh, professor, all that, and um, for a long time. And my family was like, "Why didn't you go to Mizzou?" Because I went to K State, and I was just mm-hmm. like, "I don't want." people did think that there's just nepotism happening in this department because yeah. we have the same last name. Sure. Um, but also it, I, when I got to college, I was just going to be a psychologist. I didn't think to do, do theater. Oh, and what? I, had, I know. I no, know. not that I don't think you could be great at that, but I, that's just, <laughs> <laughs> I know I went into psychology when I first got to college and then I actually called my uncle and because I had bad influences growing up telling me that, you know, theater, you can't make a career out of that. There's no money. You need to go into TV or yeah. you need to like be a lawyer or a doctor. Yeah. I'm like, I don't like looking at blood and I don't <laughs> like arguing all the time. So that's not going to work out. But, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I called my uncle. And I was just like, he's like, so theater. And I was like, but people told me you can't make a career. He's like, have you seen me? <laughs> right. Like, oh. Right. He's like, if you get into psychology, it's going to take you like 13 more years of school before you can sit down and tell some, you know, diagnose anyone. Right. And I was like, oh, well, I don't have that kind of time. So I went and saw a play and funny, it was speech and debate. <laughs> <laughs> the seminal the classic. All, <laughs> yes, a play of all plays to make me sit there and cry and decide that this is what I want to do. Mm. I just, you know, not that the, the show was, great i don't know it's probably but i like the actors they were truthful and i just remember thinking 
um, I was sitting next to my best friend at the time and she saw me cry. She's like, you okay? And I was like, I want to do this. Yeah. That's such a like guttural feeling. I feel like when you're like one of those first couple times you're sitting in the audience watching, you know, yeah. the magic on stage and something specific happens and it just strikes you and yeah. you're just like, damn, I, I want to do that. Like that yeah. looks like fun, you know? I just, and I had so many people telling me like, this is what you should do. Like this, this is it. My mom used to be a gospel singer here in Kansas city. She was in a gospel group. So I was brought up singing with her, but I would, she would always teach me to harmonize in the car. I never thought it was a career until I got to college and I had to take a course. So you grew up kind of singing with, with your mom mm-hmm. and in choirs and church, church and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was never uh, an option to be a career, make mm. any money off of it. I remember taking one uh, voice lesson because I was like, oh, this is an extracurricular, like, mm-hmm. you know, credit I can get. And uh, yeah, I just did straight plays. I didn't do any kind of vocal performance in college other than that class. And once I graduated, I was like, oh, I'm doing nothing but musicals. <laughs> Maybe. <Yeah. laughs> so you, you didn't study a lot of voice uh, at your undergrad? It was, I did one musical, but as a show, I didn't take any music classes no Mm -hmm. other than that uh vocal teaching class uh by uh, that taught me a friend of mine who was in grad school he's like i gotta teach this class and we really were just casually like you want to just take it i'm like sure it's me and one other person and i got a whole credit for it well i was wondering if you had encountered any like you know formal vocal teaching and how that compared with like learning sort of on the fly or like your upbringing was well, well, yeah, I mean, learning in church and with my mom, you do learn on the fly. I, have de- I developed a good ear that got me by for a long time mm-hmm. until I realized out of habit and, you know, friends that helped out and would help me, you know, sight read. So I have the most basic sight reading skills <laughs> ever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for the most part, it's just, it's just my ear. And, um, and, I, and I have taken lessons with several voice teacher since then mm-hmm. just because you hear other singers you're like oh that's a technique I'd like to love to know yeah definitely <laughs> um yeah wow that's really interesting that that's like the music was sort of what kind of drew you in in a way you yeah know? but then you ended up studying and it didn't really have anything to do with the music <laughs> kind of like that was already sort of baked into you like it seems like you were drawn to like the storytelling aspect of it a little yeah it's crazy I everyone knew before me, I was like, why aren't you doing this? You should do this. You like, should. Do- they probably knew when you were like, get off the couch. I have to be Fanny Bryce. Absolutely, absolutely. My yeah. family knows. I taught my little brother learned how to play the drums so he could play the drums when we would reenact Selena. And then I made him learn the boy parts in West Side Story for the choreography. As like, okay, it's your turn. I want to be in America. Hello. Let's yeah, you were, you were directing from a young age, too. Absolutely. Producing, directing, happen. starring. <laughs> Did it all. Sean Productions. <laughs> Building a resume from a very young age. <laughs> a very reputable, reputable business I have right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah. Is any of the rest of your family still artistic? Other than my uncle, who after he retired, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my, my family, they all have little hidden talents. My sister, she likes to draw and illustrate. She doesn't do it that often. I have an aunt that loves writing plays, and she used to make little, uh, do little one-act plays for church when I was younger and would have me read them for her. 
uh, my mom still sings every once in a while, just not professionally. She completely given up on singing, but she, you'll hear her. She'll sing a little bit. Yeah. That's from her. But yeah, other than that, no, I'm the only one really in the family. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of, there's usually kind of two camps from what, I, from the people I've interviewed so far. And it's like, the first one is like kind of Von Trapp style, like whole yes. family is oh, like yes. performers, like grew up like piano prodigy, like, you know, those kind of folks, or it's yeah. like, and this is the case of me, like not, not a single other person in the family is like artistic. You had really a lot of convincing to do, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So much convincing. Um, my parents like, you want to do what? You want to go to school where? How much is that? Um, yeah, but I, it's interesting that there's kind of usually just one of, one of two things. Like, it's kind yeah. of all or nothing. It was definitely intimidating once I finally declared theater as a major and getting in there like, you haven't seen Wicked? Oh, my <laughs> God. I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, nope, I didn't do any... Uh, community theater. I didn't do any summer stock. I didn't do yeah any of that. I just went for it, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's hard to like when you're young and your mm -hmm. family doesn't have like a the traditional, you know, yeah. theater culture, like we right. hand on their pulse of that. I, you know, I didn't grow up to really seeing that much professional stuff either. Like, even though there are all of these amazing theaters in Kansas City growing up, like I was only seeing like maybe a few of like the big tours that came through mm -hmm. if I could afford it, like, right. but not a lot, which is, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. You got a good voice too. Oh, stop it. No, our quartet was killer. Even though I couldn't get that one <laughs> part. You remember too. Me too, was. though. There were some times I just remember Anthony during rehearsal, like Taylor, <laughs> and then figure this out. Well, that's nice. Anthony gave up on me. He's just like, "You'll figure it out. <laughs> You'll figure it out, honey." <laughs> it was um a, a a trip and a half. I I do miss that though, just singing those carols and stuff. The whole shenanigans, all of them. No. All the shenanigans. Um. So once we're allowed to sort of get back together and and be in the theater again, and you know, mm -hmm. make make theater and make plays. Is there anything that you want to be different or like, what does that look like to you in your, you know, um, in your Barbie dream house? In my Barbie dream house. I really, oh God, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I want things to be different. I want all the theaters to keep, you know, fighting to make sure that their theaters are being open and understanding of different races and how they're casting behind I want things to be different behind the table on stage the shows that we do hmm. um you know I it's hard being in Kansas City because I, I it, and it's not just Kansas City it's all over the place so you know I don't hold Kansas City theater up to a higher standard than anywhere else everybody's the same and I'm happy that we've had this time to re reflect on what we what we need to change in our theater but yeah I mean and we're doing the work now I just want it to stick mm -hmm. like really stick with the work don't say it don't don't just post actually do it and um I think for me after this I will probably work harder to be a part of theaters behind the table um 
I kind of, I started getting into directing in within the past year. I've assistant directed before for Misty Coons, for Damron, mm-hmm. um, but just recently, even more professionally, like with the unicorn and, um, and now I ha- I'm going to direct a radio show for KCAP. So I'm excited about that. For yeah. And I, that's what I love about Kansas City is that we're big, but we're small enough where I can have these opportunities uh, to learn. I'm not by no means a director. I've right. taken some courses in college. I have experience directing kids and shows um, and assistant directing, just learning as much as I can. But I love the idea of a collaborative experience and a project that everybody can be a part of and uh, just telling a story. So yeah, that's what I would do after, you know, and I would like to get into more music. I like the music scene in Kansas City. It's vibrant. It's great. I love it. And Mm -hmm. um, I would like those. I I do. I want theater and the music industry in Kansas City to maybe cross more. Yes, totally. Just a little bit because with me having being in these different communities, it's so exclusive. Mm -hmm. But not really in a bad way. It's just people don't know about the music scene that much, the jazz scene that much. And uh, the music people, they don't know about live theater. Right. It's really hard to support if you don't really know about it. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel like if we sort of cross-pollinate a little bit more, yeah. and that goes to also, you know, muralists and sculpture uh-huh. and that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Like, it's only going to help us all thrive more if we're all, like, supporting mm-hmm. each other, but also, like, in my Barbie dream house, like, helping our audiences cross-pollinate, too, and being like, yes. you know, you like to support the arts, you like this, you know, you like to come mm-hmm. see this show, maybe go and, like, support these people who like maybe need your money more or like maybe you'll have an experience that you've never had before or you know be introduced to a kind of music or art that Mm -hmm. you would be interested in but you just have never like you know would have thought to go there or be to experience it yeah absolutely dream barbie house dream barbie right here in kansas city on broadway (laughs) (laughs) absolutely (laughs) um Sean, I can't believe it's already been 30 minutes. Jesus. Um, I talked too much. No, 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 no. I'd be um, like, no, no. Uh, what are you up to? Do you have any projects coming up that you can plug? Keep in mind, this will come out in seven um, 10 business years. So uh, <laughs> a couple months in advance. Yeah. Well, where can we find uh, you? Well, so far, just doing the, I'll be directing Tosin. Uh, one act play he's an actor here from Kansas City and he wrote a nice little play that we're gonna uh, adjust to a radio show um and that's through KCAT I will be doing some band gigs here and there we have a virtual T-Mobile event coming up um I will probably I have a Ben Byers one of my go-to not go to, he's my guy, like guitarist. Mm-hmm. So we'll probably do a few gigs at Tomstown. Um, just me and him. So that I think that will be, oh, I can't remember, February 25th and March 2nd at Tomstown. I should be there. Do they just have like a little like set up inside, like social yeah, it's like distancing a cocktails? Absolutely. Yeah, it's like a speakeasy. Uh, it's, it's safe you know, will be yeah. distanced from everyone because they've been open, but they mm-hmm. just opened up their new floor, their second oh, floor, I guess. fun. Well, I can't get enough of their gin, so I will definitely be there. 
Yay. Mm. Yeah. So other than that, um, just reading more. I've been reading books on directing. Shout out to Ian Crawford, who I've appointed him as my mentor, you know. <laughs> I love a self-appointed mentor. <laughs> <laughs> He's so great. You know, he gives me all the right books and stuff. So I'm just not going, I'm not diving headfirst into traffic, but. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us. I miss you thank so much. Thank you. I miss you. And we'll talk to you soon. And, and uh, hopefully I'll see you at Tomstown with a martini in my hand. Okay. Yay better okay Yo, better. we'll talk soon all right okay bye bye yeah.